This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hi, this is Marina Sirtis, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. You're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week, and I'm joined by my co-host Daniel Prue, son of the Third House, holder of the Sacred Chalice of DB, heir to the Holy Rings of Earl Grey. Uh, how how is it going, uh, Mister Prue? Well, things are going fine. I, I kind of was expecting Philip uh, as as the uh, the captain to greet me here, uh, but you know, if you want to just bring me to him. Yeah, you know, only, only, only the best, Darren, for me. Well, actually, I'm also joined by my co-host Philip Gilfus, who had the honor of shuttling Mr. Prue here for an eight-hour oh shuttle flight. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, <laughs> someone else to talk to. Thank you. If I have to hear about <laughs> nacelles for one more bloody hour, I mean, you know, it's it's fine. I, I I see a lot of diplomats, you know, and some of them are very eccentric. But Daniel keeps talking about, you know, why aren't I married yet? And I think there's a lot of pressure, okay? Um, you know, we're we're just we're just still in a good place, so Daniel just leave me alone, okay? I'm uh, you know, we're going to things will happen the way they happen, okay? I'm, I'm kind of surprised uh, that topic came up, Philip. I, did, I don't really see how that you transitioned from the cells to that, but okay. Well, uh, you know, you know, Philip. Uh, the only reason I asked was because you were having some uh, questionable thoughts about me as I was sitting there. So, <laughs> hey, welcome to Earl Grey, <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about the points about, don't matter, and where the points don't matter. Uh, we're going to be talking about Loxana Troy uh, for the first house. Blah blah blah. You heard this feel, uh, but. Yeah, this girl. I mean, this is she is such a an outstanding character that, of course, we're going to do a character profile on her. And first off, I wanted to talk before we get deep into discussing this character. I wanted to talk about uh, Majel Barrett and some of the. I mean, uh, first lady of Trek, first lady of the galaxy. And, some would say I she's mean, the number one lady. Some would say. She was number one before it was cool, so she she can wear that hat. But oh, but yeah. So I mean, as most ninety eight percent, I would say people who've watched Star Trek know, you know, Majel uh, Barrett Roddenberry was the wife of creator Gene Roddenberry and played uh, number one, the first in co- or I guess second in command, first in command. First in- I don't know how it works. <laughs> After the captain, she was number one uh, in the pilot, the the cage. And then became Nurse Chapel uh, in the rest of TOS. Yeah. I mean, CMO, XO to CMO. I mean, there's an O. I don't know. Uh, but it's not It's not number one. Like and when then, your badge comes off your uniform, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but also her most notable and probably most number of hours, I would um, 
Actually, who knows? I mean, if you add it all up, all the times you hear the computer, it all. Now, I was going to say the computer definitely has that beat because uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. That's how many series. Uh, yeah, a lot, and and uh, lots of uh, and movies and video games and all sorts. She's yeah, she's done lots of voiceover work. But. So yes, yeah, so she is the wonderful voice, even in TOS, where it's all working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, AOL dial up. Welcome. Anyway, <laughs> welcome. You've got Starfleet. You've got hail communication. You've got, oh, oh, you've, and yes. there's the title. There you <laughs> there's the pun. Uh, anyway, so yes, yeah, so, but what do you guys think of uh, Majel Barrett? I mean, the, we're not going to go into the extreme details of her relationship with uh, Gene Roddenberry, <laughs> but I mean, she. I just overall, though, I mean, she plays a lot of really good characters. Like, she's a really talented actress. Yeah, I mean, man, I I have mixed. I'll be honest, I have mixed feelings about Gene and 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 a lot of the things he did. Who didn't? He was a complicated man. He did a lot of great things. He did a lot of not so great things. Um, you know, and of course, we we think and are grateful for what he did for Star Trek, of course, but. I can't think of a bad thing to say uh, about Majel. I mean, like, man, and we'll talk obviously about the character. It's, this is about Loaxana, and and I do have problems, some problems with the character. But as far as she's concerned, like she's Star Trek gold to me. She's the, she's. I mean, she seems like such a lovely woman, uh, and she seems like so who put much up with Jean? <laughs> who put up with Jean? Right? <laughs> so much fun, and and you know, she just kind of. She's always been a presence in Star Trek. And it's, you know, I mean, that's, it's amazing. Like you said, from the first episode, from the very first episode, I believe all the way up until uh, 2009. And she's been part of, uh, she is as much the DNA of Star Trek as, as anybody. And uh, I think she's great as a, you know, as an actress, as a, as what I know of her as a person, I just, uh, I get warm fuzzies when she, she is kind of a maternal figure, you know, as far as someone can be on TV for you, uh, for me as well. Cause she's just so, she seems so warm and inviting and she's just, she's great. I don't have anything bad to say about her. What are your thoughts of the, uh, first lady of the galaxy, Philip? Yeah. And I really can't add anything. I mean, she's sort of the mother of Trek, um, Having been there for all of it, I mean, well, I guess not all of it, technically, maybe, but like for all ninety percent of it, um, you know, I mean, there's there's her presence, just, and we don't even think about it, of course, you know, we're like, oh yeah, she played the two asterisk characters, you know, but then once you throw in computer, you're like, well, hold on, <laughs> she's in every episode, <laughs> isn't she? So yeah, not every episode, but near abouts, yeah, that was like the sweetest gig of anything. It's like. You know, she's basically the MGM lion that roars before every, you know, picture. She's got a guaranteed gig. Not th- not my best analogy, I'm going to say, but uh, you know, you you guys can see what I'm saying. But um well, we'll go to which of her four Star Trek roles do we feel is our favorite uh, at the end of this episode. Uh, we but, should. We should. Yes. But yes, but Loxana Troy, who is Deanna Troy's mother and Man, uh, Force of Nature? I mean, I know that's an episode title, but it also applies... Little one, e- Little one, yeah. yoo-hoo! Mr. How Wolf! Many, 
How many <laughs> next-gen <laughs> titles can we think of that also apply to describing Loxana? The Probably outrageous Ocon. Oh, that doesn't really. I guess. Oh, wait, wait. That's that's. Uh, it's not. Skin of um, Eve. No, that really. I guess. No, no, no. Anyway, but conspiracy? yeah, but I mean, her <laughs> question. Okay, okay. Uh. No, it, was, it was a rhetorical question, Daniel. Shades <laughs> of. But no, no. So anyway. But Loxana, yeah, she just had this presence. And again, just to the acting of Majel, I mean, she played it really, really well. And, uh, you know, we have, you know, family. I mean, we have a lot of families in Next Gen. You know, we have Worf and his son. We have... I mean, the episode family. Um, the episode family. You have, you know, Beverly and Wesley. And then you have, you know, Diana and her mother. And it's... You know, this full-on Beta Z woman who is high society. Oh, she's full-on all right. And the (laughs) fact that she just sets her eyes on Picard in the very beginning is just so funny because she makes him so uncomfortable. I mean, those are the best, you know, moments when... You know, Picard is just trying to figure out what to do with this woman. I love love the Uh, running gag of the suitcase because you have the first episode... (laughs) Where Picard's like, no, 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 I'll pick it up. And he's like, oh, junk. And then you have the second appearance. <laughs> he's in his dress uniform, so it's even harder. And then you have the second appearance when Will's like, oh, no, I, I got this. And he's like, oh, junk. <laughs> and Mr. Holmes just looks at him like, well, I'm going to duck under this doorway. Isn't it like Data the third time you. who just like pulls it up and just like carries it like, oh, well, that was disappointing. I'll have to watch again, but that would be hilarious if Data, that, I mean, it would make sense because... You could pick up Mr. Hom and the suitcase and just carry them both. Uh, that would actually be really funny if he picked up Mr. Hum riding the, sur- the suitcase down the hall. Mr. Hum's like, I won't, I won't put it down. He's like, okay. And then he would say, of course, thank you for the drinks. <laughs> I don't think he ever spoke. I think he did. That was his one. No, he, yeah, yeah. He said that line. That was his oh, line. He did? I'm pretty oh. sure that was his singular line. And wow, would, I was going to say, oh. he didn't say much because I don't remember him ever talking, but... I stand corrected. Well, when trying to to break down the character of Loxana, I kind of broke it into her relationships because she has so many. And really her, you know, she's thrown into these episodes just to kind of stir the pot and kind of her reaction and others' reactions to her is kind of the crux of all the episodes that she's in, I feel. I was going to say she's the anti-Q, but that's not true because she's an anti-Q. But she's sort of like the Q cousin. Like, you know, it's like we need some we need to have a character that we just throw in this season. Is John available? No. What about Luxwano? No. Okay, let's yeah, let's Majel. Yeah, let's, let's put her in there, you know. I mean, she's already coming down to a lot to record her lines for the computer, <laughs> so we'll just, you know. Yeah, it, but I, you know, it was I think maybe we talked just briefly about this once before, or maybe not, maybe it was just in my head. But I always wanted to see a Q uh, Luwaxana interaction. Oh my gosh! I thought that would in be the great. novels. Um, there's a book called. <laughs> no, I'm, wait, I'm just sorry. I'm just picturing now that scene. Um, all hands abandon ship. All hands abandon ship. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm pretty sure how that episode would go. Um, Q and Law is the book. Um, and it experiences. Oh, oh, that's right. I have heard yes, of that book. So I think I have it. What? How does it? How does that? Do you know off the top of your head how that goes down? Yeah, basically, like, they... um, uh, Troy or Loxana is what I mean. Troy falls in love with Q, 
Um, <laughs> of course. And there's oh sort of gosh. a Romeo Juliet situation happening with these alien kids. Um, oh boy. Um, and you have like the fathers and the mothers of the two. It's actually like they're. It's like it starts off like a happy ending. Like it starts off like oh, the roaring families are getting married. So this is, it's like loves in the air. And then you have this whole thing, and it basically ends with Loxana getting Q powers. Um, oh my god! And gosh. fighting Q, and it turns out that Q um, from Deja Q is helping her kind of sh- show Q a lesson. Hang oh, on. is that the timeline? Like it takes place it, around. It takes then? between um, or Cupid and after Deja Q. Yes, th- this totally makes sense to me because those. I can't determine what episode title is. But no, listen. That's <laughs> in season eight, right? I don't even know. I've thought about this for 10 seconds. And if they didn't, if if this has a Q walks uh, on a interaction and the crux of the story isn't about Q and Lwaxana fighting over Picard's affections, then it's a total <laughs> fail for me. I saw him first, madam. That seems like a complete, uh, a complete uh, fun jaunt all the way through, and I don't know why nobody has written this, where basically it's both like... Both Q and Loxana have been naked on the Enterprise. Yes. For no reason. <laughs> they both have such a love for Jean-Luc, and it would love for them to just get super jealous of each other. Oh my! Oh this my is an gosh. amazing episode that has never been written. Why? Here's the Dan. I, here comes the Dan. I've never, okay. I've never thought about doing the memory alpha filter of naked on the Enterprise, but <laughs> Darren, now that you've said it, yes, those would. Well, I'm just, I'm not trying to create like a a special page in memory alpha, but <laughs> I'm just saying it's happened it after a couple this times. episode airs. <laughs> All right, well, the first relationship I wanted to focus on was family. And obviously, the first family that comes to mind is Deanna Troy, her daughter. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's like bring your parent to work day. Like, you know, I mean, even those of us who have like great relationships with our parents, it's like you don't want them really talking to your coworkers and, you know, telling embarrassing stories and, it's just you cut. Kind of, we all kind of feel for Deanna, you know, when Loxana's around. Well, I don't know. In some ways, I don't know. I almost sometimes feel Deanna does push it a little too far. Like, I mean, yeah, Loxana's a big personality, but like, she, you know, this shouldn't be a surprise to you. You know, you grew up with right. her. You grew up with that. And yeah. It's, it's just like, oh, mother's here. Ugh. You know, I'm like, I, I can get that from Jean Luc, but Deanna, you, know, you need to take a chill pill. It's your mom. But then you realize my mother would be her mother-in-law. <laughs> I had not considered that. I had not considered that. <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> but, you know. It is a risk I am willing to take. But you sort of just get that whole, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's the whole stereotype of, like, your mom, or for, you know, for the, a woman, you know, like, oh, your mom wants you to get married, and now is asked why you aren't getting Right. Which I think, is, though, it is an interesting conceit. Because almost the in the in the uh, the contemporary time of which this was written, that's not like a weird thing. Like that's a that's a norm. Like okay, you know, why aren't you getting married? And but like in the twenty fourth century, yet in the twenty fourth yeah, century, is De- that really? Deanna's like, yeah. no, I'm a professional. It's not a you know, yeah. and so it's it's an interesting contrast where you know, like we watch it now, and it seems like you know, wow, Deanna's being normal. But of course, thirty years ago. Um, that probably, you know, was a little bit more progressive that Deanna was like, Hey, I don't need to get married and, or have kids or all this stuff. 
Look it, at these shoulder pads, Mom. I'm a career woman. Then why are you dressed like that, that little one? Look, it's complicated. <laughs> it, it is was a, this or the skirt, okay? And I chose this. It is a frustrating uh, dichotomy, and and it makes sense. I mean, like, of course, you know, there are elements of the time that it's being told in that are going to kind of carry over, but the the nagging mother element of Loaxana's character is one that really bothers me. Like, she's like, when are you going to settle down and find like, like, like this, like this counseling career is just something she's doing to fill time until she, she finds her mate. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is her, (laughs) this is her life. This is her job. And maybe she can find someone. Maybe she won't, but uh, Which is funny because it's almost like she's acting as if Beta Zeds live like for hundred like Vulcans like live for hundreds of years, but that's kind of how she comes across. But yet, as far as we know, I, or as far as I know, Beta Zeds have a normal, uh, you know, lifespan considering you know what species they are. Yeah, it it's just it just seems longer when you're naked all the time. Um, well, yeah, and and that's the thing we don't actually. Throughout all of Star Trek, we don't learn that much about Beta Z culture, so it's kind of tough to say whether maybe it's just their culture. But I don't think it is, because like you, they don't—they're not that super long-lived. And uh, you know, the walks on a had a husband, and he died, and she's she's kind of been just roaming around ever since, and it's not a big deal. So why is it such a big deal for her daughter? Yeah, though, you know, maybe this—you know—this explains it. I think this explains Riker Troy a little bit more to me. This is just a Beta Z thing. They're just they're just crazy. Um, you know, they're just they just can't be alone uh, genetically. They just always have to be with someone. Look, isn't there some me time? Oh, the telepaths. Where's some me I mean. time? Okay, it doesn't. You don't always have to be with someone. Okay, Loxana. You know, but anyway, but you know, it, well, to the telepathic ability, you know, it, okay, this would be a bit of a connecting stretch but um there was this ya adult uh your young adult book series when in my youth called animorphs i don't know if every guys you, ever you've read mentioned that. it but go ahead that, um but i haven't mentioned that often maybe once before <laughs> you make it sound wait, like wait. every week is this the young adult ship of the line because <laughs> i think no it's not it's not i don't know if you guys have heard about this but animorphs <laughs> it was a thing before and <laughs> Just trying to give some context here. Anyway, <laughs> but in this, you know, all the main characters, though, they, they, something happens to them where they all become telepathically linked and they can all hear each other's thoughts. And the first day of that, it's just, it's intense because he, as humans, like, we're not, our brains, like, our, our personalities aren't designed to n- have no filter of thought when communicating and so i mean obviously that's not quite how it is for beta zeds but i'm just thinking a society of people that can instantly communicate and almost have no privacy if they if they didn't and it would just it's it's almost hard to to even imagine because we're just nowhere near what humans can actually comprehend yeah yeah, and i guess maybe it's almost unsaid but we should say it about loxana that she is a full telepath she's the first full telepath we meet Star Trek right. that I know of. I mean, I'd have to think about TOS or something, but you know, yeah, she's she, she's not only you know Troy's mom. She's the first full Beta Zed we've met because obviously Troy's only a half one. Um, and so that is sort of an interesting thing about what you know, she is. An, she's alien. 
Let's not forget that, yeah. right? You know, she is alien, and so I guess that is sort of interesting to sort of see that filter. Well, and and think about this too. While we're talking about relationships, but I mean, and not to derail your plans, Darren. But like, that's all right. I already brought a Vanamorph, so we're, we're floating <laughs> off the rails now. Uh, so. <clears throat> take a drink, guys. <laughs> Nobody gets drunk on this game, apparently. Um, Literally, probably the second time I've ever mentioned Animorphs in the entire hundred and twenty some odd podcast. <laughs> but um, we, we, a character we never really talk or think or or is ever addressed. I mean, that- have you guys even read Animorphs? <laughs> Darren, let it go. It's okay, bud. It's, this is my childhood here. My it's goodness. All right. Uh, no, I'm just boy. trying to get Philip to spit tank at this point. But <laughs> it was a dark page, Darren. Let's not talk about it. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, but no, but uh, you know, some, somewhat we don't really talk about or think about or, or consider in a lot of ways. And I'm sure you were going to mention him, Darren. Is uh, her husband who? Yeah, Ian, Mr. Troy was was human. I mean, he was yeah. a human person who had to to marry Loxana, and that <laughs> and it's kind of a Spock vibe. I mean, so Sarek married a human, yeah. so we're kind of these interspecies relationships. We're we're a little used to those. But. Yeah, but you know, and what kind if, of accent did he at, have, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> if you look at Spock's uh, or not Spock's Sarek's relationship with Amanda, right? Amanda, that's her name. Um, from Amanda's point of view. It's slightly annoying because he never emotes, but if you look at Ian's relationship... <laughs> he has no emoticon on his, on his phone. Yeah, right. But if you look at Ian's relationship with Luoxana, Nothing but. he can never, ever, ever get away with anything. It's, it would be a little bit harder of a relationship to True. maintain. And then what kind of personality did he have where obviously he didn't match her, but he had to in some way compliment her to be able to handle that personality. And so he might have, I mean, we did get a little brief flash of him in um, Dark Page. Um, but the, yeah, that, that would have been, because I, I don't know, I mean, I suspect Troy is more like her father, like Deanna, is more like her father than her mother, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking up his memory alpha profile right now, and yeah, Ian apparently acceded to, the, to most of the cultural expectations of his strong-willed wife. Living on Beta Z, arranging for his daughter Deanna to be genetically bonded with blah 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 blah. What how, what was his rank when he died? No, he's not. He wasn't Starfleet. He was a lieutenant. Oh, was he in Starfleet? Yeah, he, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was. He was a lieutenant. I mean, All the pictures he, we see was he a blue shirt? Are him in the the maroon? He was a maroon. No. And and um, pre- presumably she was not not like command, but like his undershirt. Uh, it's gold. Was it polka dot? Because that really could mean anything, and. Uh, well, and you and you've got to think too. I mean, she must not have been. She was obviously not, uh, di- you know, the the representative of Beta Z at that point. But she was... suggests he was an engineer. Yeah, well, yeah, because she didn't become an ambassador until like her second appearance on TNG. She was born an ambassador. I'm just saying. No, yeah, because but she was. She was. Yeah, she I was mean, always no, an no, ambassador. I don't think she was. I don't. I don't think it was until the second. Because the first time we meet her, it was just the arranged marriage in Haven, right? And then. It was in yeah, but I mean, she, Man, she went through her in Manhunt. Went through her whole thing. Yeah, and there was in Manhunt. Second one was Manhunt. But anyway, that's yeah, it's Haven Manhunt 
Menage a Troy, Half a Life, Cost of Living, yeah, and Dark. Because I think Manhunt is when it's like, oh, we have a new ambassador from Beta Z, and guess who it is? Record scratch. Twenty <laughs> fourth century, we don't have records. Yeah, no, no. Let's see. And I'm looking. Earl Grey, where we hear our hosts read <laughs> Memory Alpha. <laughs> well, I guess there is a president, so. Uh, Luxana Joy, da, 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 da. Yeah, I don't know if they mentioned that. That's a good point. Fun fact, so she might not have been ambassador, but maybe they just didn't mention it. But either way. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's, that's interesting. Her husband, and, well, the first husband. Well, I don't know if he was the first husband. Look, it, you know. Nope, she was the first husband. Okay. But not near, nearly the last. She's setting, she's, Let- she's setting for Pulaski Records. Well, that brings us to our second uh, relationship category, romantic. So we will start with Picard, because uh, three of the episodes are pretty much based around, not based around, but feature heavily uh, Loxana throwing herself at the good whoa, captain. Whoa, 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 He's the one that's having the dirty thoughts. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's true. He's not so disinclined to acquiesce to his request. Also, okay, again, anyone who, who says Next Generation's so stolid... We literally have an episode that's about menopause. Uh, that is Manhunt about Beta Z menopause is when a woman's sex drive goes, what was the number that Deanna was? I think it's like quadruple. No, no, or no, no. That was Riker's number that he was told. <laughs> it was a lie. Yes. And Deanna's like, he's like, I didn't want to scare yeah, you. And it's like, like 10 times. I am scared. <laughs> And so that is that whole episode that the, uh, you know, a woman of a certain age's uh, sex drive goes 10 times. And, like, she actually goes after Riker for a second. Yeah, she goes after Wesley, yeah. if I remember, for a moment. But she's like, oh, I'm too young, you know. <laughs> I don't quite remember that part, but mm-hmm. I Well, all I, I, all I remember it. is when she she went after Cisco, and then he punched her in the face and said, <laughs> I'm not Nicole. Oh, that was cute. Gosh. Uh Let's see. It says an exceptional increase. That doesn't really tell us anything. Come on, Memory Alpha. Well, just, you know, roll a d20 and see what. (laughs) Your sex drive. Let's see. Let me add to your. uh, Okay. (laughs) Well, endurance, right? That would be one of the. Okay, we're not doing this. But yeah, so I mean, obviously, like we said in the beginning of this episode, the kind of Picard playing the the straight man where he's just really uncomfortable and he's just, you know, just trying to handle the situation. But overall, I I can tell thee to a summer's days. (laughs) I know, we get some great scenes. No, it's over between us, Jean-Luc. He's very jealous. (laughs) He'll kill you. Um, I I really do like their relationship it's one of yeah. it's one of the it actually highlights it's a good relationship it's because especially in the beginning we don't see picard off his game very much and she yeah. just throws him for oh, a loop he is like he's, he's crawling back every time like what am i i'm going to go to the hide in the holodeck yeah like she might be the only thing more uh difficult to deal with with for him than children and he's just yeah. like, I can't, I can't, I just can't even be near this woman. I can't handle her, but I have to because I, because this is my job, but I don't want anything. And she knows it and she totally, totally trolls him on it. And it's awesome. It's really, really fun. Mr. Crusher, set course for Beta Z. 
Warp nine. Do 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 do. Because we have those humorous notes uh, in TNG. Group laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Data gives them that look, you know, or something. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, no, in the three episodes, I mean, she's in TNG more than three, but those first three, Haven, Manhunt, and Menage Tor- oh. Troy are pretty much comedic. That's well, where those... somewhat. Haven's kind of just meh, but most yeah, of them are comedic. Sure. Manhunt is obviously comedic, and then. Well, and the thing is, like, they're not great. I, I like Menage yeah, Troy a lot. Troy's good. Um, but the other ones are not great episodes. But but no, there yeah. there are good moments in them for sure. I remember I saw Haven. I'm like Haven. That was a TNG episode. I can't even remember what that's that about. Like the, 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 the the jewelry box and the guys like Bleh! yeah. I know. I and then, know. Like, the I need to out. watch that again because I've erased it from my memory <laughs> apparently. So. And arranged marriages in in Beta Z, which now is Manhunt the first time we get Dixon Hill because that's no, where Picard that would be. Goes. Um, Big goodbye. Thank you. Big goodbye. Okay. But well, we get more Dixon Hill, so who right. can who There can are say no three Dixon Hills in TNG. Well, are you including yes. First Contact? Yes. Well, to cover quickly some of the other romantic relationships, we have... Uh, oh, man. I can barely say normal names. Jail? Sounds like Jail. J-Al. Yeah, probably there's an apostrophe in this. Uh, from... From yeah, Krypton? Well, yeah. Uh, no, from Stop the Muse. That. <laughs> uh, and this was, I think, the one where... What's the, yeah, this was in episode? The Muse. So this is actually I was going to say, yeah, that's not... Yeah. Um, so I, hey, Darren. You know, Darren. Yes. What? This is a TMG <laughs> show. Okay. Well, sorry. Uh, I meant Timison. Oh, <laughs> Half there Alive. There we go. Okay. Uh, this <laughs> Half Alive, great episode. I mean, uh, no, but seriously, like, uh, I love uh, David Ogden Sires from MASH and he's great in this and as they play off each other so well and cover you know a really deep topic you know with the 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 suicide and you know the his his people's culture we get a proto you know Ro Lauren which is cool um, but yeah I mean half a life it's like the gloves are coming off and her character is really starting to reach. It goes to that next note beyond, you know, look who's going to be on board. You know, it's like Guess that. Guess who's coming well, to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember way back when we first talked about how the trailers for the next episode of Star Trek always seem to be misleading. Like I can totally picture, you know, we probably could find it. It's like, you know, guess who's beaming on board? It's Loxana Troy. She's back, and Picard's heading for the hills. Uh, you know, but she she moved up from punchline to, you know, crux of that episode. Yeah, and, and the fact that he, you know, shows what kind of a man could handle Loxana, and he's, of course, playing down, if that makes sense. Like, you know, he's a very low-key person, Yeah, they, they still mesh, and it makes sense. A lot of people think... Uh, maybe maybe this is just my experience, but I feel like a lot of people think that Dark Page is the best Loxana episode. But I I I I mean Half a Life for me, it's it's so good for for so many reasons. And uh, well, you know the actor like you mentioned, Darren, um, while he plays a very different character than the one I ever knew him, and you mentioned on Mash, uh, he he plays a very different character than that character. But he uh, him and he and the Waxana just kind of mesh so well. Mesh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They do. But, and, uh, 
it's it, it was the first episode that actually kind of showed that she wasn't just derpy derp comic relief kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And and like it was actually a, it she was true to herself, true to the character, but she also played a bigger role and and she was the the motivating factor in that episode. She was like, "No, no, no, no. Like I'm going to make a change here. I'm I am the one who is going to, this is not right. I want things to be different. And it was, it's a really powerful episode. Even to this day, it's a really, yeah. really good episode. Yeah. Because there's not no, often no, those episodes. It's going to sound like I'm making a joke. I'm not, there's not often those episodes that talk about aging. No, but there's not often those episodes that talk about, um, you know, I don't know how to be diplomatic that age. Um, cause it's not only that, right. you know, the, you know, Timison and Loxana are of a certain age, but they're talking about, what it means to be, you know, middle age or older, um, you know, kind of like almost like relics, you know, what's your utility? And, you know, Oksana gives a sort of impassioned speech about, you know, there's plenty of things you can do. You could live for decades, you know, you could blah, 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 blah. Why, why 50 or 60 or 70 or, you know? And so I think it's, it's a really interesting role for her. Yeah. And, you know, I did, want to talk a little bit though about Odo. I know, you know, we we visited Deep Space Nine once or twice. We've docked there. In HD. In HD. <laughs> but, you know, I do think that some of the episodes where she is on Deep Space Nine are also, you know, fairly good as well. I think while I can never really see her actually, you know, ending up in a permanent relationship with Odo, I think she the, the the writers used her to kind of draw out more of his character and but also the times where she's making herself very vulnerable to him as well you know it's it's some it's some pretty good television now doesn't she have the record for the most marriages in star trek <laughs> i would like not weddings not, not just like off screen or mint like we literally see um we see the aborted wedding in tng i forget the name of the episode i'm sure you'll tell me um, we get the one in Deep Space Nine. Um, there are two scenes in uh, specifically in her Deep Space Nine character that stand out to me. Of course, it's the one in the turbo lift where she gets stuck with Odo, and right, and well, like some know, kind of disaster. That was uh, the Forsaken. Thank you. And then, of course, when they do have their fake wedding, uh, and their conversation afterwards and she's talking about how much she cares about him, but, but you know, she knows that there's more for him and you know, it is, it's good stuff. It's good. I mean, it's not in the, in the same way that I feel like the TNG stuff is hit or miss. It's not all perfect, but it, like that one episode where she kind of infects everybody with whatever. Oh. Yeah. That's the fascination where yeah. she's projecting her emotions and everyone just starts Hold going on. nuts. Yeah. Eh, that's, yeah. that's hit or miss. But um, no, it's good. But the one where she married Odo, that's Odo. I think the reason he married her is so that she could, yeah, she should, she could keep the son because otherwise in that society, the, the husband would, or the father, husband, whatever would, would take him to be raised until he was like 20 or something. And how come Loxana and Troy's brother wasn't invited to the wedding? I mean, you know, it works both (laughs) ways, works both ways. You know, Deep Space Nine can have a wedding and doesn't invite anyone. We can have a wedding. And we don't invite they someone. They just, just, it's nobody. I mean, you, for such a travel spot and it's near an easy access wormhole, you'd think it'd be easy to have weddings where a lot of people showed well, up. I'm, well, I'm but, also talking about like why wasn't why didn't Deanna invite her mother and brother 
to her wedding? Uh, I don't know. Maybe she, you know. I mean, a line of nemesis people. Like I'm just throw it out there. Well, because they were going to have a second wedding on Beta Z. Obviously, that is where they were going to be. Well, listen. If you're going to have a and wedding, I'll be in the gym. You're, yeah. If you're going to have one wedding where everybody's naked and one wedding where everybody's not, you know, maybe you you should just keep those separate. And- <laughs> well, and one of the last relationships uh, on a romantic side again was. Um, actually, no. This is back in next gen. Is Minister Campio in the Cost of Living, our favorite mud bath, Alexander toting episode? Uh, why don't you share about this one, Daniel? No, I'm just kidding. I won't. Make it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, it's, but it's yeah. um, you know, it's another it's another example of Loxana as we know her. You know, the free spirit. And she's yeah. now corrupting a small Klingon child or half Klingon child. But this one also focuses a lot on her changing for him. And that's, I mean, yeah. that's what the whole episode's yeah. about. And this episode, women true to herself. or men don't change for your significant other ever. Like, no compromise. Hashtag. That's what Loxana teaches you. I think we're done with this episode. Moving on. <laughs> that's not exactly how I would put it, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, but she, I mean, she develops a friendship with Alexander and, you know, she's a better maternal, you know, parent figure than some people on the Enterprise, but <laughs> her daughter, that's kind of a backhanded. No, comment. no, I'm saying Worf. Well, he's not maternal <laughs> at all. <sighs> I you said know. parental. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, so it's, you know, and then on, on to, yeah, onto friendships that, she, you know, she has obviously with Alexander you know, Jean-Luc, like we said, she kind of transitions into friendship as she stops chasing him and chases everyone else, every other delegate on the ship. Uh, but also Mr. Hom, our, you know, dutiful... Well, she had to fire the last guy attache. because of his dirty thoughts, so... <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Mr. Hom's that semi-famous actor. I mean, he's ridiculously tall. Um, Lurch from the... And I know he's been in a lot the of things. Adam's family. <clears throat> Is he... Yeah, that's right, Lurch. Is and he not the same guy, or is he the same guy that played? I think his name was Mehardu, who was the um, uh, the Grand Nagus's ginormous uh, manservant who followed him around. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same. There's a lot of makeup actor or not, but I always I don't think so. Yeah, I always felt like it was um, the it same says character. He played Mister Hom, and then in Voyager, he played the Spectre in the Thaw. That does not list been um, Lurch in the Adams Family movies. So no, I don't think he yeah, is. That guy was a little I think bit bigger. That has to be another one. I would love to just see like a, a conversation, quote unquote, between uh, Mr. Hong and Mayhardu. They just <laughs> they just look at each other and just kind of sit there. <laughs> for the rest Pretty of much. The uh, well. Um, you know, we talked about it a tiny bit, but I wanted to to round out this episode with with talking about uh, Dark Page a little bit more. And, you know, that's a very different kind of Trek episode uh, in, you know, just the type of subject matter it's dealing with and, you know, the loss of a child. And that's, I mean, we've, we've seen, you know, Naomi Wildman lose her mother and, you know, we've seen other characters, you know, lose other people but not quite 
in this way with with someone like uh, the caliber of Majel acting, you know, the mother remembering this terrible thought that she'd banished from her mind. And I think, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things that kind of changed, you know, when you have kids is you you see things differently. Like when you watch movies or, or TV or, or things like that, you you don't it's really weird because you don't even think that you would see it differently, but you just see it in that eyes of a parent. And that's the same for this episode. For me, like watching it after having a kid versus before, it's much more impactful. Uh, because you really are able to empathize and put yourself in their shoes and um it's yeah, but yeah, but again, you know, kudos to Star Trek for tackling you know one of those types of deep issues yeah it's, it's sort of like a thriller you know meant it's a mystery mental, and you have to like go into like the mystery of the mind or whatever um and then you have kirsten dunst so you know what, what more do you want people yeah maybe not the best casting part but um and the arboretum we get to see that a little bit more of course after keiko left that is true. This would be after Keiko left. Yeah, yeah. That no, was, dark uh, pages. It's good stuff. I mean, if it's like they're they're trying to kind of be like, okay, look, there's this character you've known for six, and uh, maybe she's overcompensating for something. Maybe there's something that's happened to her. You know, maybe you, maybe you don't like her. Maybe she's annoying to you onto some nth degree level. Nth degree. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> But, but hey, there's a reason why. And and she's gone through this, this terrible trauma and this family has experienced this thing. And, and you know, I, I get it. It's I understand why they went there. And it's it works. I think it works for the character. It helps inform. It retroactively informs the character on why she's so overbearing and just kind of out there and in your face all the time. It makes sense, it, it, and it works for me. He's totally in your face. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, because I always think about Loxana about, like, tradition. Um, and I, I know this is Deep Space Nine. Is it an, or is it TNG? I can't remember. But there's a, a, a I want to say it was DS9, but, like, there's a speech you give someone about, like, oh, you know, there used to be this time in Beta Z where we wore these big wigs. Like, that was their fashion. And then, like... You know, and then it was wise because tradition, they were ter- terribly uncomfortable, but it was just tradition. And, and like, I think of Loxana as someone, and maybe we don't really know enough about Beta Z culture, but like, you get the feeling that she's not someone who goes for tradition, that she just, you know, she does what she's going to do. But like in Dark Page, you see her in more of a quote unquote traditional role. Like, you know, when she was younger, she was a young mother, you know, wife, you know, all that stuff. And so it's sort of a contrast of maybe how she's grown. Not that you can't be both of those things, of course, but at least, you know, there sort of seems that be, you know, how she's grown um, from, you know, in those decades um, of living, you know, after losing you know, her, her daughter and then losing her husband um, and then, you know, husbands, um, you know, at this point. Um, and so, but, but I think it's sort of interesting of how, you know, when she kind of looks back into that, to that page of her life, it's sort of an interesting contrast. And that's where that, that episode kind of does that bridge between those points in her life. Yeah, for such a, you know, a, a jovial woman full of life, I mean, she's had a pretty, you know, what someone considered like a, a rough go of, you know, tragedy and, but she's 
been of such firm character that she just rises above it. I mean, not that, you know, not that one gets past some types of things, but, uh, but the way Majel plays the character, is just, it's really good. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to be like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to pop in dark page. You know, I want to, you know, <laughs> no, it's, it's, you kind of need to be in the right mood for it, but it's, like I said, it's really good television. You know, it makes me think like this maybe explains among other things, Troy's chocolate thing. Because Majel is all about life, about experiencing life, about, like, she has a lot of love to give, Loxana. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's why, like, you know, like, you know, you go from a very tragic thing of losing a daughter and losing a husband, but she didn't just, like, stay home and say, like, oh, woe is me, and, you know, I can never love again. She's like, ah, well, let's, I'm going to go find someone else, and, you know, or, or, you know, not in a cavalier way, but more in a, like, okay, it's time to move, you know, on, and I can find another right. husband and have more children, and... And whatever, have all the husbands, all the husbands. Um, and but you know, sort of that, that's where I get the sort of like the, the where Troy has sort of like the chocolate thing is probably lo- uh, something from her mother. Like that's 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 Loxana, yeah. Indiana of of come here, little one. I want to show you yeah, something. It's called I know, chocolate. and that's just like the, the 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 whatever you want to call that sort of thing of of experiencing life and all that. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny, um, and I I am disclaimer. Not turning this into a political thing at all, and and Philip may or may not agree with where I'm going here, but um, this this idea of the, the tragedy that that Luoxan has gone through and has kind of risen above it and kind of accomplished really good things in spite of it uh, reminds me a lot of uh, the current U.S. Vice President uh, Joe Biden, who has experienced a lot of tragedy in his life. In the same way, losing both children and spouse uh, to, to 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 terrible things, and it's it, but has also kind of accomplished these other things in spite of. And he has a, this very Again. outgoing person. Very outgoing. Know, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Like it, there's a, a huge parallel there. Again, all politics aside, that's not the point. That of this, Joe Biden is the Loxana of the United States <laughs> in a lot of. Joe Biden <laughs> won the Klingon tournament. He, is, he does tournament. hug a lot. Oh, you said parallels. I'm he sorry. Does, he I does got hug and kiss there. a lot, like Oksana. Wait, has he reached <laughs> so, the? Um, never mind. <laughs> but no, I see. I see what you're saying, though, Daniel. It's a it's a real world, you know, counterpart to those elements of the character. Yeah, of course. And there are people who, there are people, and that's just an example of it. And that's the most ex- the famous example that I can think of. But there are people who go through terrible tragedy and I don't want to say they come out of it all right because that's that's totally it's downplaying. It's it. downplaying it. It's not giving enough credit to those people. But it what, what it is is that they have a strength of character that that they can they can go through these trials and they can come out and they can kind of still contribute and still push forward and still kind of do their thing and be their own person. And it, it, it just, it, it commands respect. And I think that's what they were going for with dark page. Like, Hey, this is a woman who has gone through tremendous tragedy, but she can still, she, she's still the ambassador of an entire planet of an entire race. And she's still doing this thing. And it's just, you know, it's it, again, like most things in TNG that we love, it's a positive message. It's it's turning a negative into a positive and kind of pushing forward with optimism. Optimism. Optimism, Captain. 
Uh, well, any final thoughts you guys? I mean, had are we on... going to talk about the Holy Rings? <laughs> what are they? What are any the of these things? I are they in like the know. closet somewhere, gathering dust? I almost feel she makes up half of it just to have something to talk about. But, um, yeah, I like. And doesn't Deanna get them when she it. dies? So isn't Deanna also the heir? Let's see. Let's see. Daughter of the third. So house. is Deanna daughter of the fourth house, or how does this work? No, is she no, once no. removed? Okay. What is this? <laughs> now, does Riker marry into the to third the house? Okay, he, okay, we're gonna get some answers. Does Riker right have here. to so, carry the thing? Daughter of the fifth house, which, uh, according to Star Charts, the fifth house of Beta Z was the uniglobal government of Beta Z. So she's a daughter of a part of the government. In the novels and. Based on the capital <laughs> city of Ricks, Chalice of Ricks. Oh, it's starting oh, together. Okay, okay, all right. Um, and yeah, apparently some more in Q and Law um, that the sacred chalice is a pointless clay pot. <laughs> Caring for it was one of several routines <laughs> she undertaked to supplement her anxiety over Deanna serving in deep. So she basically made that one up. Uh, she's inflating her resume. Yes, basically, yeah. We all do it. It's the Holy Grail. And then in the Holy Rings of Beta Zed, it seems like they were destroyed during the, uh, when her home was leveled during the Uh, Dominion invasion of Beta Zed. You can get those things insured, though. I Uh, I mean, that was just, she really should have. So, I mean, obviously, it's just a grandiose way to introduce oneself, but. It works so well. It really sets the tone of who you're speaking to, right? Yeah, like who's bat. coming up next after that introduction? Like, hi, I'm I'm Mott. I'm Captain, uh, the lowly captain. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of the flagship of the Federation. Well, I mean, there's you need like eight more, you know, sentences in that. You sort of get like the Neelix reaction and caretaker. That sounds very impressive. I have no <laughs> idea what it means. Exactly, exactly. But uh, besides her, uh, I don't even can't think of the word. Um, her flair. Wait, uh, wait. Is any she, other points? Does she have enough flair? She has the. She has more than the minimum number of pieces of flair. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> so. well, that's good. Well, Loxana Troy is not the. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. You saw that look. Loxana Troy, daughter of the fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of Reeks, heir to the holy rings of Beta Zed, is not the only thing we're talking about here on Trek FM this week. Here's a list of what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. With Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Uhura, Chekhov, Scotty, Sulu, and the Enterprise, that is your crew. That is the family of the original series. And yes, we would like to see that maintained and protected and treated with reverence. Earl Grey. Jordy is the one that's like, you know what? No, you're wrong. You're wrong about Data. I'm going to drop a challenge right here, and Data's totally going to step up to the plate. And you're going to get served, Plasky. And that's how LaForge created Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it turned out good, but I mean, he had good intentions. <laughs> to the journey! Wow. Part of me is going, wow, this is really good. Another part of me is going... Really? Like, this is what you spend your time on? 
I kind of wish that we could use the whole time that we allot for our podcast for you to read this synopsis, because I really enjoyed story time with Tristan. <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. And I can see, you know, Abrams recognizing that talent and being like, you know what? I know that you can make a good movie here. You know, I'm not convinced that I can yet, but I think that you can. And I'm going to learn from you, too, so that one day... I can make a Star Wars movie. The 602 Club. How do these kids work for you, especially in this first movie? It's amazing when you look back on on how far they've come and the chemistry that they had right off the bat, because from the word go, when they were on the Hogwarts Express all at the same time, that's really when it, it took off. That's really when the movie took off for me. Literary Treks. I was given a couple of mandates for Rough Beasts of Empire, one of which was, of course, jump the story ahead four years. Another was get Cisco back on a starship um, and also have Spock uh, in, in the story. Women at Warp. You can always count on DC Fontana to Vulcan things up, and I, I for one, appreciate her for that. Get Vulcan with it. Na, 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 na. <laughs> na, 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 get Vulcan with it. Meta Trex. Don't tell me you haven't wondered what it's like to be Patrick Stewart. Actually, I've wondered. I've, I've often wondered what it's like to be the Shat. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to know. It's one of a kind. He's one of a kind. <laughs> He's one of a kind. Melodic tricks. But it's basically from a motivation of not treating the audience stupid. You know, treating them that they have dreams, they have imagination, they have hope, they have fear. They have all those things, and the music plays on them. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to Trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook.com slash Trek FM or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. 
So, Philip, if someone wanted to read your book about the Holy Rings of Beta Z, where would they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter. My handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC for no chalice. And Daniel, if someone wanted to find out about the sacred third house of Beta Z, where would they find you? They can find me on Twitter as well, at one of Dan. That's the number one, not the word, as in the only first daughter of the House of Beta Visit. And if someone wants to talk to me about uh, ways you can pad your resume with really long titles, they can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I. Wait a minute, are you not a, even a real doctor? Um, I took a page from Loxana, okay? Like it's totally page. allowed in the 24th century. Well, guys, I think this was a lot of fun talking about uh, just another great character, um... But now I want to like, okay, you know how some people like counting the torpedoes in Voyager? I want to try to find all the instances of the computer voice in Star Trek. So it may take me a little while, but I'll see you guys next time. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Endgame. Fire.